thank you, Father. Lord, we just we just surrender our lives to you today that you would, Holy Spirit, be the teacher this morning. That you would teach us everything that we need to know for the day that we live in. We open up our hearts for fresh revelation of your word. Thank you, Father. Why don't you just put your hands like that for a moment. Just say, Lord, let your word go in. I receive the word of God this morning with an open heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. It's nice to see you two sitting in the front. You've slowly worked your way around. again, Andrew was supposed to preach today, but I just felt like we needed to continue our journey, huh? Like the last few weeks, we've sort of been on a journey. Remember the few weeks ago, we actually went on a journey and we built the Tabernacle of David in here. If you weren't here, it was pretty uh, amazing. We actually built the whole Tabernacle down the middle of the church and we all went through the Tabernacle and just worked out what it was about the tabernacle of David that God was speaking to us about in this day. Because he said, in the last days, I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. So we wanted to work out what that was, right? We want to know what we do in these days that we live in. And the key to that was that it was the only meeting place of God in the Old Testament that did not have a veil between the presence or the Ark of the Covenant and the people. And so people could freely come before the presence of God. So we worked out, okay, God, we know what you want us to do in these days that we live. We need to live in the presence of God. But we need to live really close up and personal in the presence of God. And I had quite a few of you have come to me and went, wow, that was really life-changing for me, that uh, scenario that we did there. Then last week, we learned how to be clothed in the Spirit. Thank you, Tom. Um, sorry that the uh, turban didn't work. <laughs> I I spent a long time making that turban the night before. I put it on his head and it fell apart. That shows that I'm not a seamstress. I had it held together with elastic bands. And um, it looked funny in the, in the photo because Jamie and Garth saw the photo later and the video and they thought it was hilarious with Tom standing there with this pillowcase on his head that didn't quite work. But, but we knew what it meant, didn't we? And, and I feel like... You know, what was God trying to say to us in that? He was trying to say to us, okay, not only do you have to live in the presence of God, close up and personal in that intimate place of God, not only do we have to step out of this lukewarm place and step into being hot for God all the time, but we have to be clothed in Jesus. We have to be clothed in the Spirit and be really putting in that time, which is discipline. Everyone hates that word, but disciplining ourselves to be in the presence of God so that we might wear these glory garments and really affect a world that is desperate for light and for truth. Amen? Are you all with me this morning? You're a little bit sort of sleepy, it's raining, kind of, wake up, wake up, wake up. I know, it's too much peace, Andrew and Julie, too much peace. 
Now they're all going to sleep. So this week, let's ask the question. Okay, we've been in the presence of God and we've been filled with his presence. We've been clothed in the spirit. So now what do we do with what we've received and how do we do something with what we've received? You can actually turn that music off. It's sort of great. Yeah, thank you. What do we do with what we've received and how do we do with what we've received? Because who knows that we don't just come into the Lord's presence to receive for ourselves, although we do. But the Bible says in Psalms that my cup runs over. So that if I am so full with God that it has to spill out somewhere. So how do we spill it out and what do we do with that? All right? So let's have a look at this today and and what we're going to do with the gifts. Everyone say gifts that God has given us. Okay. So God has given his church gifts which are answers to every conceivable problem on earth. Think about that for a minute. Every conceivable problem on earth has an answer through the gifts that God has given us through his Holy Spirit. Amen? And they are an expression of God's love for humanity. So within each one of us, when we're saved, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there are gifts that have been given to us. Do you like like my um, PowerPoint? It's the first time I've ever done PowerPoint. I did it all by myself. It took me from 9.30 yesterday morning to 4.30 in the afternoon, but I did it. So you better appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I'm coming up in the world. I'm learning technology. We can all grow. Amen. So God has given us gifts which are answers. I love this. Read it again. God has given us gifts which are answers to every conceivable problem on earth and they are an expression of God's love for humanity. When we think about Jesus, we see that Jesus was the full expression of every gift of the Spirit, right? He, he had everything. He had every gift that was conceivable He had. So he had every answer to every problem to every human being. He was the epitome of of giftedness. But when he left the Holy Spirit, he said to us, wait, wait until you are clothed with power from on high. He said that he wouldn't let us leave us as orphans, but he would give us the Holy Spirit and that, he, that greater work shall we do than he has done. He said, that's why I go to be with the Father. So that now you've seen what I do, now you can do what I do. I've done a learning curve for you. You've watched me. You've seen the way that I've ministered to people. Now you can do what I do. Amen? And when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost... And men and women emerged from that upper room. They were empowered with gifts. Amen. We know that very day that 3,000 people were brought into the kingdom of God. And most of those were Jews. Really hard to save a Jew. Who would say that? But because of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that came upon them, that day, 
3,000 came to the Lord. So we, we in turn, we're given gifts, right? We've been given gifts. We've been given gifts. Mate, a lot of the time in the church, we've been given gifts, but we've never opened them. We've never opened the gifts we've been given. Imagine at Christmas. At Christmas, I know at my house, I have not got enough room for the presents under my Christmas tree. They take up half the room, and there's the tree. It kind of gets lost in all the presents. I mean, I've got nine grandchildren now, and I buy for everybody, and I always spoil my girls, don't I, Julie, and my boys. I spoil them too much. I buy one thing, and I go, oh, I'll just get one more thing, and then I've got to buy one more thing for the other one because that one got another thing. So now they've got two presents. They've only got one, so I need to buy two for everybody now, and then I've got to buy three, and then it ends up that they feel like Father Christmas has come to them all at once because Mum got carried away. But what would it be like for me if all those presents sat under that tree and no one opened them? Yet I've gone to all of the, I'm so excited. I can't wait for you to open this gift that I've got for you. I can't wait to open it. You wait till you see what I prepared for you. You wait till you see what you're going to be able to do with that gift that I give you. Like if I gave Andrew a golf club, Andrew, open it. Wait till you, and you won't guess what it is because I've wrapped it so carefully, this long stick. But wait till you see what you can do with that golf club. But if Andrew never opens it, and year after year I go around his house and it's still sitting there unwrapped, I'm going to be pretty discouraged. Amen? So Jesus is the head and we are the body. Is that right? So we're the body. And as each one of us puts into action the gift that's being given to us, or the gifts, plural, that are being given to us, we then become the hands and feet of Jesus. We actually become the full expression of Jesus on the earth because he's all the gifts. And to, together, we become all the gifts. We, we here, and the church at large become the answer to every conceivable problem on the earth. Amen? And Jesus is at the head just smiling as the body does all the work. Greater things shall you do than I have done. So the gifts, I'm going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit today because many of you have probably talked about this, studied it, looked at it. But hey, I want today I want you to open your minds and let's get fresh revelation. The Word of God is living and active. Amen? It's live, that means you might get something out of today that you've never seen before and it may just spark that anointing in you to actually unwrap the gift you've been given and use it. Amen? So the gifts of the Spirit are discussed in chapters 12, 13, and 14 of Corinthians mostly, in Romans as well. The central message of these chapters is that whatever you do, whatever gift you receive, whatever gift you have, make sure that it is motivated by love. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about that. You know, if I had, you know, these gifts, if I could speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm just a clanging noise. We need love. It's always out of love. It's like, I have love, so I want to unwrap this gift and I want to use it, not because I want to say to everybody, look at me, I've got this great gift, aren't I amazing? No, I want to sit with someone, talk to someone, be in a situation where I actually have an answer 
Instead of saying, take an aspirin, you know what I'm saying? Hey, how about I lay hands on you and we'll see if God can heal you. Do you know what I mean? I want to have an answer. But it's motivated by love and care. Amen? Phil Pringle says in his book, Moving in the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are exactly that gifts. When you go to the dictionary and you look up the definition of the word gifts, it means gifts. It just means gifts. They're not earned. They're not deserved. They are simply given freely by God to all believers. You know, sometimes we have this thing, don't we, especially we have this religious mindset that we feel like we have to be good enough or we have to earn brownie points before God will use us or before God could feel like I could even open this gift. I know he's given it to me, but I don't deserve it. My goodness, it's time for us to wake up and realize who we are in Christ, what Christ has done for us, and how not only can we freely come into his presence, not only can we be clothed in the spirit, but we can freely open the gifts that he's given us and actually use them in Jesus' name. That would be revolutionary to the church. Hallelujah. The gifts of the spirit are exactly that gifts. They're not earned or deserved. They are simply given freely by God to all believers. Gifts of the Spirit are spiritual equipment. Get that? Gifts of the Spirit are spiritual equipment. You can't do anything unless you have the equipment to do it. You need the stuff. Amen? Otherwise, it's just all talk and nothing changes and no one gets helped and nothing changes. That means that these gifts are um, or abilities, these gifts or abilities will function under any circumstances, whether we're up, down, hurried, or, or accepted, or rejected, or in a bad mood, or had a bad hair day, or woke up the wrong side of the bed, or didn't get enough sleep last night. Whatever the circumstance is, this means that these gifts and these abilities can function in any situation because they are gifts. They don't, they, don't, they, they don't stop activating in you depending on your mood. It's just your willingness to let it out because it comes from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't actually come from you anyway. Do you know what I mean? You getting it? Yeah. yeah. Ne neither will these gifts ever be taken away from us. For any reason, God does not give gifts and then take them back. He doesn't. That's why you see sometimes people that have fallen, you go, how come God used them all that time while they were probably doing wrong things? It's because the gifts are irrevocable. It says in Romans 11.29, for the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Once God has given them, he does not recall them. Isn't that amazing? And yet we beat ourselves up thinking we're not good enough to be used by God. And, and really God is saying, I'll use anybody. It's, it's irrevocable. Obviously, the anointing that goes with it is going to be different, you know, depending on our lifestyles. Hebrews 2.4 says this, that the Spirit distributes the gifts to in whatever the gifts in whatever way he decides to do it. So it's like the Holy Spirit comes and he goes, okay, I'm going to distribute these gifts. 
I've got all these gifts. It's the fullness of Christ here. It's every, every answer to every conceivable problem. And then the Holy Spirit says, okay, I'm distributing them. And so each one of you has been distributed gifts in the Holy Spirit. And we've got to work out what they are, how to use them, and what to do with them. And it says this in Hebrews 2.4, Then God added his witness to theirs. He validated their ministry with signs, astonishing wonders, all kinds of powerful miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which he distributed as he desired. Amen? Anyone can manifest spiritual gifts at any time, depending on the will of the Holy Spirit. The exercising of gifts is all about meeting immediate needs, right? So if someone's got a broken leg, they probably don't need prophecy right then. Yet everyone wants to be the prophet. But if someone's got a broken leg, they actually need healing. They need the gifts of healing. They may need the gifts of encouragement. They may need some mercy. Amen? They may need some long-suffering. Hey? They might just need a friend. You may be saying to yourself this morning, well, I know about the gifts of the Spirit. And you might be shutting off going, well, I've studied this. I have done the questionnaire. And I know all about them. And so I want to ask you, if you know about the gifts of the Spirit and you've done your questionnaires on what your gifts are, my question is this, are you using them? <laughs> Everyone went quiet. They just said, Such, it's so funny being up here looking at your faces. It's like, are you using them? Everybody went, it's like, uh, how many people did you help in the last week? How many people did you reveal God to? How many did you show compassion to? How many did you pray for healing? Have you used them? If you know all about it, then you're really, one day you're going to have to stand before God and he's going to say to you, what did you do with that which I gave you? What did you do with it? And you have to say, well, I did a study. I did a questionnaire and I knew exactly what my gifts were. I'm a leader. How many people did you lead? I'm a prophet. Well, how many people did you help with encouragement, exhortation and comfort? Amen. You're all looking really convicted. <clears throat> Romans 12, let's look at this. And the Romans 12 speaks about the motivational gifts. Now, motivational gifts are gifts that you are given at birth, not at new birth, not at being born again, but actually you're born with them. That's why it's called motivational gifts. They actually motivate you to act and do the things that you, the way that you act and the things that you do. It's sort of part of your personality makeup, in a sense, these motivational gifts. And uh, these gifts are given from birth and they come to fullness at salvation. So you actually realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing that my whole life and that's actually a gift from God. Uh, they're actually motivations for the way you respond to life even before you were saved. So think about it when you're a child, what kind of things did you just naturally do? Like for me, I would be in a room of people and I would know who's sad, who's happy, 
I would feel everyone's pain. I would, I would be, I would, I would know if something's wrong. If there's a person in that whole room that needs love or support, I would know that. I just knew it. Amen. I would know when the phone was going to ring. I used to test it when I was a kid. Well, I think I've got some sort of gift, but I didn't understand who it was or where it came from. But I go, the phone's going to ring. Ding, ding, the phone would ring. And I would say to my mother sometimes, you're probably going to get a phone call to say something bad has happened to somebody in the next hour. The phone would ring in the next hour. Like I just knew things. I just sensed things. So the prophetic gift in my life was there as a child. I had the discerning of spirits as a child. I always saw dark things in the nighttime, didn't understand what I was seeing. I would see angels. I wouldn't understand what they were. I'd see flashes of light come before me. I didn't understand those things, but it was part of my nature, part of my makeup. We kind of did a, a, one of those questionnaire tests when all the girls were small. And we thought, well, we'll just see what our whole family functions in, what gifts we function in. We all got the highest mark of leadership. Six of us. Can you imagine living in my house with six leaders? Everybody wants to be boss. And it's like, who's going to win? It's the loudest one. It's the strongest one. And, uh, but we're all leaders. Get, live with that. And you can see it. Who sees it in, in their children? Like, you know. You just wa- I even watch the kids playing here, you know, after church when they're all running around. And I watch them and I go, there's a leader. There's compassion. There's, you know, I just, can, you can see the gifts on their lives. You always see the one, no, no we're going to play it this way. This is the way we're going to do it. And that's the way it's going to happen. And, you know, oh, there's a leader. And then you've got a little, someone crying over in the corner. I don't want to play it that way. And then you get one of the kids go over, oh, it's okay. And compassion and mercy and, and, and gifts of encouragement, you know. You can see it functioning in children. So these are, these are the motivational gifts. Everybody say that, motivational gifts. So this is where they are. They're in Romans 12, 4 to 8. This is the Passion Translation. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is with the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body. Isn't that great? We've been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we're all vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to the others. God's marvellous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. See, this is what we've got to do. We've got to understand this stuff because God wants us to get us off our rusty dusties, off our pew sitting, off our of a consumer mentality. He wants us to get up and be the church. He wants us to get up and be the church because there's a desperate world outside these doors that needs the answers to what you have the gift for. Amen? You know, in the past, it's always been like the one-man show, all the evangelists is coming to town. He'll save all the people. There's going to be a big evangelistic crusade, and they'll all get saved, and we'll just go and watch and clap when all the people come down the front, and we'll cry because it's so beautiful. They're all getting saved. But you see, that gift has been given to you. Amen? And, and this is, we can't save all the people that need to be saved by the one man shows. It needs to be the body of Christ 
recognizing who we are, getting in the presence of God, clothing ourselves in the spirit, and then going out, finding out what our gifts are, and then activating them, unwrapping them in Jesus' name. So we're carrying on with that scripture that we're reading, which is in Romans 12, 4 to 8. I'm just, so God's marvelous grace is, so I'll just read the last part. In past to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours, new screen. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. So you just start somewhere. You know, with prophecy, what's, what, how can you start with prophecy? Well, the way I started was I would just write little notes to people. I would just feel like, I really feel like that person needs to know God loves them. So I'm going to write a note. I just want you to know that God loves you and that you've been on my heart lately. <laughs> and they would cry. they go, oh, I didn't think anybody could see. You know, I didn't have to be like, you know, the accurate prophet. I'm going to, the date, the time, you know, we're going to nail this. I didn't have to be, all I have to do is show that I have a feeling from God where I need to encourage someone and I'm just going to do it. So according to your faith, okay? If your grace gift is uh, serving, then thrive in serving others. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. Andrew has that. He definitely has that. You, you are the biggest encourager I know. Everything is big, everything is fun, and everything is great, and you're amazing. If you get around Andrew, you will feel like, you know, a million bucks because he'll make you feel like that. He says words to me sometimes as a mother-in-law, I think, oh, my God, did I give birth to you? You're amazing. Like, he's just such a good son because he's always encouraging me. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the need of others, you may, you, then may you prosper in your generosity. I love giving. Like, Phil, he used to come home when, you know, we were struggling and, you know, you know, in the ministry and don't, don't, don't join the ministry if you want to be rich and um, all famous. Uh, you probably won't be either. But, you know, I used, he used to come home and I would, I would give away food, I would give away furniture, my clothes. My kids say to me all the time, Mom, why do you go shopping and buy clothes when you just give them away straight away? And I just go, well, they look nicer on them than me and they needed them. You know, I'm just like, I love giving. Giving to meet the need of others. You may prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. Oh, that's a good one. Without any fanfare that you give and you don't actually need the fanfare of it. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership and you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. So we see in reading this scripture that there are seven motivational gifts. Everyone say seven. So we read there there's prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, and compassion. Seven gifts. Now think about these gifts that are on the screen. I want you to think about it. And I want you to think, you know, what, what do I naturally do? These, remember, these are gifts that you've sort of been functioning in since birth, but obviously since you've been saved, they've come more to the surface. Okay, so maybe you, you, you naturally want to encourage people. You naturally want to give them words of wisdom. You want to give them maybe little prophetic words. You feel 
exhortation, encouragement and comfort. This is where we stay with this one, exhortation, encouragement and comfort. So stand up if you feel like that's you. Just stand up. Unwrap your gift right now. Unwrap it. There you go. Look at them. Mary Wiggs, stand up. Ridiculous. She's sitting there going, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Pauline, this is prophecy. Yeah, you prophesy. Fleur, you do. Definitely. Stand up. You prophesy. You're always giving words of encouraging people. So we've got to own what we have, amen, and own it. It's, it's beautiful. You probably do as well, don't you? Why are you sitting there? You're shaking your head. You go, yes, it's me, but I'm sitting here because I'm embarrassed. All right, serving. Who loves to serve? I mean, love, 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 love. Come on, stand up, stand up, stand up. Is Frank jumping right now? Andy? Yeah? Yes, Nathan Wiggs, you're a server. Just love doing things for people. Where's Jamie? Where's Jamie? Oh, he's out there. He's serving. That's right. He's been here four days this week. Four days. You, you're a servant. You definitely are. You've been here four days this week, working machinery. You came home last night. He, he walked in like, why aren't you standing, Scotty Brown? Get on your feet right now. You're probably one of the biggest servant-hearted people that I know. Amen. He came home last night. He's just going, Ugh. I said, darling, you've got to realise your age. You cannot do manual labour anymore. He said, but it's so much fun playing with those big tractors and those toys. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And he was just wasted. Amen. You may sit down. Okay, teaching. Who loves to teach? Yeah, you do. Yeah, teaching. You know, it might just be it might just be like sometimes I just feel like I need to show people how to ride a skateboard. You know, it may not be teaching the word, but te- you love teaching, Callum. That's awesome. See, we're owning it, we're unwrapping it. Yes. Good one. Okay, you may be seated. What about encouragement? Who loves to encourage people? You do feel, you do. So does Andrew does. I mean, Jilly should have stood up for prophecy because she does that all the time. She did it to us this, this week. She sent us a text message crying my eyes out with, with her prophecy and encouragement. So you should both stand up. Anyone else? Encouragement? You love to encourage, Kim. That's so good. I know you do. You're a real encourager. Yeah, I can see that, Mike. Yep, I can see it. I see all your faces. Look at all the encouragers. So we need to start encouraging people. Sit down. Who loves giving? Come on, the whole church should stand up because Pastor Phil's watching you. No, no, no. No, it's the gift of giving. Everyone loves to give, right? We all love giving, but it's the gift of giving. It's like, I've got to give, I'm going to die. I've got to. I know Candace Petha. I know you're like that, Donna. I can see, hey, Helen. Oh my gosh, Helen and Kim, they're givers. They give everything away. Hallelujah. Oh, Sarah's a giver as well. And, get, and you give your time too, Sarah. I know you do. Yeah, yeah, so cool. All right, you may be seated. What about leadership? Who's the bossy ones? Come on, stand up all the bossy ones, all the bossy ones. <laughs> it's great. Julie, you've got leadership, definitely. Andrew, you've got leadership. Yes, you do. You do have leadership. I mean, just the way you lead those kids is pretty amazing. Leadership, definitely leadership. Teaches leadership. He teaches leadership. It's so good. I love it. All right, who, sit down. Thank you, Pastor Phil. Who has compassion? I'm putting my hand up there because I just die for people half the time. 
<laughs> compassion, like compassion where you feel people's pain, like you want to sit with them and hug them and cry with them. How important is that gift in the church? Amen. Emily, I mean, you know, you're a, you're a counsellor, psychologist now, and you need that compassion. How many times have I been to a counsellor or a psychologist and they don't have compassion? Or a doctor. Who's ever been to a doctor? How many times do you sit in the doctor's office and they just ticking away their time and just ticking their boxes and say, you're done. It's like, no, I need someone to really feel what I'm feeling or, you know, to have compassion on me. Give me time. Don't chuck me out of your office now just because my 15 minutes is up. I need you. This is what we need. The church needs this. The answers to problems. The answers, to, and you have them. You've just unwrapped some of your gifts right this morning. Amen. Okay, that's the beginning. That's the ground level. That's the motivational gifts. And then there are gifts of the Spirit, which are spiritual gifts. So let's have a look at these quickly. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. It is the same Holy Spirit who continues. Everyone say continues. Continues to distribute many varieties of gifts. So he's already given you gifts, but he says, no, it's not enough. He's like me. I've got to buy five Christmas presents for each person. Do you know what I mean? And he's seeing you using your gift like the talents. You know, in the, in the scriptures, we talk about the talents that were given. Why did you bury your talent? You know, you wicked man. I gave you a talent. Why did you bury it? Why didn't you use it? Amen. And so it's the same way. He continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. He sees you using a gift. He's going to give you more. Have another one. Have another one. Have some mercy to go with that compassion. Amen. Have some teaching to go with that leadership. Do you know what I'm saying? The Lord God is one. He is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to energize and activate you. Amen. Wind you up and send you out. Amen. Each believer is given a continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself but all. A continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit of how to use this gift and how to benefit not just yourself but all who you come into contact with. So it goes on, the scripture. For example, everyone say for example. The Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation of knowledge. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of healing. To another, the power to work miracles. To another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking. To another, the gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember... It is, it, is, um, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts, gifts as he chooses for each believer. Yeah? So he distributes, he activates, he operates in you, through you, to reach people and to meet the needs of people in general, the church, your family, Amen? 
so these gifts that we've just read in 1 Corinthians 12 can be divided into three categories. Everybody say three categories. So there's nine of them in total. And they are supernatural gifts and they can be into three categories. The first category is vocal gifts. So gifts of speech. So these are gifts of speech, tongues of interpretation and prophecy. Amen. Then revelation gifts, the gifts of insight, wisdom, knowledge and discerning of spirits come into that category. Revelation gifts or gifts of insight. The power gifts or the gifts of ability, faith, healing and miracles. Got that? So leave that screen. We're just going to, we're just going to, let's break that down. Let's break it down. Vocal gifts, tongues. Let's talk about tongues. I think there is a lot of misunderstanding in the Pentecostal church about what tongues is and what it does and how it operates. So let's understand this today. I really want to drive this one home today. The gift of tongues is the evidence that we have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we say we baptize in the Holy Spirit, we speak in tongues. That's the evidence that we've received the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 tells us that the Holy Spirit is given to us as a seal of our salvation. The baptism confirms we are saved, but we are not saved by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're already saved, obviously, and we're not saved by speaking in tongues, as some groups might teach. We don't. However, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the subsequent speaking in tongues is confirmation of our salvation. It just confirms we're on the right track, we're growing, we're getting more and more empowered by God. Five instances of believers receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit are found in the book of Acts. And three of these, it is recorded that they spoke in tongues immediately. Paul's baptism in the Holy Spirit is one of the other two occasions where there was no mention of recipients instantly speaking in tongues. But we know that Paul did speak in tongues because in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, thank God, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So that was pretty clear. When we speak on the subject of tongues, we need to understand there are three different kinds of tongues and supernatural languages. Everyone say three. Who's ever thought there's only one? Huh? Yeah. Okay, there's three. We're going to learn something today. So look at this. Other tongues. That's the first type. Everybody say the first type of tongues is other tongues. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost because they were speaking in human languages. In other words, you can speak in a language that you've never learned by the gift of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples in the upper room spoke in other languages, in other tongues that they had never previously learned. And not just one language, but many many varying languages. They communicated supernaturally the message of God that people needed to hear in their own language. The supernatural song combined with Peter's, uh, this supernatural sign combined with Peter's preaching, as I said before, instantly brought 3,000 devout Jews to the Lord. They were going to be one of the most difficult groups to convert. However, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it happened. So 
this first type of tongues is not something that we need interpretation for because the people that are hearing it, it's God speaking to them. So this type of tongues is people speaking to people. So God's using my gift, and it's very rare. It's not like we're going to walk around and I'm going to suddenly speak Chinese, but God uses it in circumstances that it needs to be. I've heard of missionaries that go into unreached people groups and suddenly can speak their dialect so that they can communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. It's a supernatural gift that God will use at really you know, desperate times, desperate times. We don't need to strive for it. It just happens when it happens. There was this one lady. She was a, a Chinese uh, lady, and she had married a Christian. And he brought her back to Australia. She was a staunch Buddhist. She'd been her her father, her grandfather, all the way back were were Chinese monks. And each monk spoke in a different dialect in the temple. It was called temple dialect that no commoner knew. And they never heard this dialect. But she as a little girl would sit and listen to them and she learnt this sacred dialect that no one else knew. And this man wanted her to be saved because he'd married her. That would be a good thing to get her saved before he married her. But anyway, and he brings her to a meeting where there is someone there, and someone begins to speak in tongues in the worship quite loudly. Have you ever heard that? And um, sometimes I do that, but you can't hear me because the music drowns me out, and I'll be prophesying in tongues sometimes. I was this morning. But someone started speaking in tongues rather loudly, and the next minute this woman started weeping and she runs to the altar and falls onto the altar. And they said to her, what is going on? She said, that person just spoke to me in the ancient dialect of my ancestors, the temple dialect that no one knows. And he said, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You need to surrender to Jesus and leave Buddha. And she gave her heart to Jesus. So it does happen, all right? It does happen. It's rare, but it does happen. So this is... This is people speaking to people. So that woman, speaking in tongues, spoke to that person in her own dialect. So it's people speaking to people. Everyone get that? Okay. Now, now the next one, say number two. What was the first one? Other tongues. Other tongues. So that's other languages. Other languages. You might as well just say that. Other languages. Tongues is a funny word, isn't it? Tongues but other languages. This one is the tongues of angels. Everyone say tongues of angels. And we see it in 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. All right. This tongue needs interpretation. First one didn't need interpretation because people understand what you're saying in their own language. But this tongue needs interpretation. It is God speaking to people. This is God speaking to to people. You know, sometimes you'll get a different tongue and it sounds different to your prayer language. So there's a prayer language tongue, we'll talk about that in a minute, called the unknown tongue. But this, this tongue, sometimes it will operate much in the way that prophecy operates and you'll be, your, your tongue will change, it'll sound different and then you realise, sometimes I'm doing that 
And I realize in my mind, God shows me a picture of what I'm praying for. It, it actually interprets it as I'm saying it. Sometimes I can bring it in English after I've spoken in tongues. I might prophesy in this tongues of angels and then the Lord will show me what the interpretation for that is. Sometimes someone else will bring the interpretation. You know, in our prayer meetings, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll, we will pray in a certain tongue and someone else will bring the interpretation of that tongue. I remember when we first started church back in the um, 80s, it was crazy. We were really Pentecostals. It was really Pentecostal. And, um, you know, everyone had the tambourines and all that kind of stuff. It was great. And every, I was a brand new Christian. And every week I would go to church, this tall, skinny man in the middle of the worship would go, and he go really loud and he go, whoa. And then the pastor or the worship leader would say, we're just going to wait for the interpretation and there'd be silence, and then a little, the same little old lady every week, thus saith the Lord, and she would interpret what he had just said. Do you know what? It was really powerful. It was really powerful. We don't do that stuff anymore. We do it in our prayer meetings, but we need to do it more often. We're too sensible. So this tongue is God speaking to people, so it's more of a prophetic nature. It's more of a revelatory tongue. Now, this tongue is the most common tongue, is what we do. It's called the unknown tongue. Everyone say unknown tongue. In other words, it's a mystery. It's a mysterious tongue. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Right? So this tongue, we're speaking straight to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. And then it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So this kind of tongue you don't understand, you don't need to understand. The Bible says we actually can pray with our minds and without our minds. In other words, this type of tongue can actually bypass your mind, thank God, everyone say thank God, um, bypass my mind and I can be praying mysteries to God and at the same time I'm edifying my own spirit. I'm plugging my spirit in to be charged up, right? When I get into my car, I plug my phone into the charger in my car because I need it charged up because otherwise it's not going to work, right? The same thing with my spirit. When I speak in unknown tongues, I'm edifying my spirit and I'm, I'm getting in touch with God and I can get outside of my own mind. So I can be praying in tongues, hanging the clothes on the line, driving somewhere, you know, changing nappies for goodness sake, Bree. You can be praying in tongues while you, or whether it's you or which whoever's changing nappies. Some of the men are just great at changing nappies these days. Whoever's changing nappies, you can be doing it, speaking in tongues. And, it, and the Bible says that we should speak in tongues all the time continuously it's almost like edify 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 charge 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 you know men definitely need to speak in tongues while changing nappies pastor phil he wouldn't change them but because i had eczema when the kids were little and we didn't have disposable nappies he would take the really pooey ones and he would hang them on the line and just hose them like this just poo fly all over the yard and uh he'd be praying in tongues all right 
Lucky you didn't have a gurney, there'd be no, nothing left. So you don't have to understand, you're speaking mysteries to God. Amen? Hallelujah. And you're edifying. Now the good news, everyone say good news. The good news is, you don't understand it, so you can't mess it up, because the Holy Spirit's praying through you. Amen? Guess who else doesn't understand it? The devil. The devil. He can't understand it. So he's absolutely flustered because there's no way he can block what you're praying. In fact, the second heaven can't understand it. So it goes directly through the second heaven, straight to the throne room of God, and you get your answers. Amen. There'll be times when you're praying in a mysterious tongue and the Lord will show you, you know, you're, paying for the, you're praying right now for that bill you're worried about. The Holy Spirit will show you things. So you know you've prayed it, but the Holy Spirit prays through us, right? So here we go in Romans 8, 26. I know this is a big teaching, but it's so, it's so important. And I just lost my place. <clears throat> Is this helping you? Yeah. Do you understand there's three different kinds of tongues? You really only have to focus on one, really. I mean, you know what I mean? <clears throat> but it's good to understand that. Because a lot of the time they'll say, oh, you need to interpret tongues. No, you actually don't. That's the other kind of tongues, right? Okay, where am I? Okay, so Romans... 8, 26 to 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for. We should, do not know that, how we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself, everyone say the Spirit himself, makes intercession for us or through us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, which cannot be understood. So when I'm going, the Holy Spirit is praying through me, right? And I don't understand it. You don't understand it. The devil doesn't understand it, but heaven understands it. And then things are getting done. Do you know what I mean? And the Holy Spirit is using my vessel, my body, my spirit to pray through me. And it says, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be understood. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You want to pray according to the will of God? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. When you feel down, when you can't press into God, pray in tongues. That's why he's given it to you. So you don't have to use your mind, your will, all those things. Just pray in tongues. Pray from your Spirit directly to God. Pray in tongues. Amen? Wow. Okay, I'm going to quickly go through the other gifts and then we're going to finish because I really want you to get this. So the other gifts, the other vocal gifts is prophecy. We already talked about that. It's for the edification, exhortation and comfort to men. Amen. And then there's the interpretation of tongues. And we talked about that. Then there's the revelation or the insight gifts. We have the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits, those three things. Quickly touching on those. The word of wisdom, we know the story of Solomon. Two women come to him. They've both, they've both had babies. One baby died in the night. Somehow 
one of the women has swapped babies and given the other woman the dead baby and she's got the live baby and one of the women is saying, that's my baby and she swapped babies with me but we don't know whose baby is whose. And they come before Solomon. And Solomon, who knows, he said, God, if you give me anything, give me wisdom. That's the one thing Solomon prayed for. And when he prayed for that, he prayed for it in a dream. You can't, you can't fake it with God in a dream. He did it in a dream, Andrew. So he wasn't asking for wisdom so he could be smart and be, you know, cool. He was actually in a dream. His heart exposed before God. The greatest thing I want is wisdom. So these women are there. There's one baby. We don't know who the baby belongs to. So Solomon says, get me the sharpest sword. I'm just going to cut this baby in half and you can have half each. And, of course, the, women who, the woman who it isn't her baby just goes, yeah, cut the baby up, you know. And, of course, the woman who's really the mother goes, no, let her have the baby. Please don't hurt it. He goes, that's the mother. That's wisdom. And that God will give us wisdom in certain situations. Amen. The word of knowledge. You know, it's supernaturally knowing something about a person. that we, I often get people, when I speak to them, they'll say to me, how did you know that? I just go, oh, it's just the word of knowledge. God gives me knowledge about a certain situation, and we can operate in that. The discerning of spirits. We think, oh, spooky, spooky. No, it's not just spooky. It's discerning atmospheres. You know, if you go to go somewhere with your kids, and you go, this doesn't feel right, kids. We're not staying. We've walked out of that many movies. Men in Black, we walked out with all the kids when they were little, didn't we? We got up and went, this is disgusting. Out we walked. We want our money back. This is not suitable for children. This is discerning of spirits operational here. It's pretty lame now, but back in the day, I mean, they weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons. No, discerning of spirits. You're not allowed to watch The Simpsons or, or Harry Potter. Get that stuff in the trash now. Uh, discerning of spirits. No, you can sense things are right or wrong. You can sense the discerning spirits with people as well. You kind of feel this is a safe person, this is not a safe person, this is a safe place, it's not a safe place. There's a discernment about where, you know, your whole lives. It's not just about who can see demons and who can see angels. Yeah, that operates in that way too, but, you know, you just need this in everyday life. You can tell if someone's telling you a lie, if they're being fake with you, you can discern it, if they're not being real with you. Okay, then there are the power gifts. Okay, power gifts. Faith. Andrew and Pastor Phil, straight up. I think uh, Jamie, he's got a gift of faith too, the way I've been hearing him talk. Healing and miracles. So these are power gifts. This is like, I've got the faith to see this happen. I, I want to lay hands on you because I believe in it. You've got that, Kate. You believe in miracles, healing and miracles. Yes, it's good. So we all can have all these gifts, but they're kind of like a GP. Like we can all operate in any of these gifts but we're kind of like a GP, and then there are specialists that God gives. Amen. Hallelujah. This is just a quick overview of the gifts that are available to you, the gifts that are being given to you, and you need to start unwrapping them and using them in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I read this this week, and it really just hit me in the face. It said, we have all been given something specific from the Father through the Holy Spirit to steward. And heaven is watching to see what we do with what we have been given. 
Right now, I think heaven is standing on tippy toes, just waiting for the church to be activated, for the church to rise up and open the gifts that they have and begin to use them. Begin to pray in tongues. Begin to release the gifts that are on your life. Begin to love people. Be compassionate. Gifts of healing. You know, gifts of leadership. Whatever it is that's on your life. You know, souls. If it's souls, if it's souls. And we haven't even talked about the gifts that are in Ephesians chapter 4 yet. About the pastor, the apostle, pastor, evangelist, teacher, prophet. We haven't even talked about those yet. There's more gifts, there's more, there's more, and he's going to distribute more and more and more. And I believe heaven is standing on tippy toes even this morning and going, what are they going to do with that which I've given them? And the best thing you can do, really, is just take baby steps. Just take baby steps. If it's compassion, then find someone you can be compassionate with. Amen? When you read something in the newspaper and your heart stirs about a single mom that's been thrown out of home, she's got nowhere to live, and you go, I'd love to ring her and tell her that I can bring her some food, but I'm embarrassed. Pick up the phone, make the connection, deliver the food. Jilly did that not so long ago, and a beautiful mom and her kids were saved. She comes to this church now, she's not here today, because Jilly felt in the spirit to take some food to this single mom. And now she's saved and her kids are saved and they're all coming to church and something's happening. It's just activating it. It's just having the guts to step out. Maybe you feel like, oh, I've had that person on my heart for so long now and just send them a text message. You know, I feel like God has really put you on my heart and I just want to tell you how much you impress me and how incredible you are. And it doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be like you're reading their mail. It's just encouragement, exhortation using the gifts that God has given us. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to answer any questions that you've got uh, afterwards if you want to come and talk to me. No, I don't know all the answers, but I'll do my best to help you really be activated in the Holy Spirit. So let's just stand to our feet this morning. I'll just get the worship team to come. And this morning, I want you to just visualize in all those gifts that I put up there, I want you to visualize the gifts that are yours, and I want you to put them in your hands right now. Just close your eyes, hold those gifts in your hand, gift or gifts or multiple gifts, whatever it is that God has given you. And maybe you've been too timid to unwrap it, too insecure to think that you deserve it. Maybe you've been too shy to activate it. Maybe you've been, yeah, whatever it is that's holding you back, just hold those gifts in your hands right now. Right across this room. We thank you, Jesus. Just put your hands out in front and hold them. Just physically hold them because I feel like in the physical, God's going to do something in the spiritual. I just want you to just have a little prayer time with God yourself. Just start to talk to Him. You know, I thank you that you've given me these gifts. I thank you, God. I, I, I ask your forgiveness that I haven't used them. I haven't unwrapped them. I haven't activated them. Maybe I've unwrapped them, but I've never, I'm not activating them. Maybe you're activating them, but not to the extent where He's, he's giving you more gifts because you're activating them at a high level. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want you to take those gifts that are in your hands and just impart them into your spirit. Just put your hands on your chest or your belly. Just impart those gifts. Lord, we receive these gifts with love, with gratefulness. We want to unwrap them. We want to be a light to this world. We want to use the gifts that you have given us to really, really impact the people around us. Lord, I thank you that you would activate these gifts this morning in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now just lift your hands across the room. Lord, we just release activation in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. And I thank you, Lord, that you will raise us up into identity, that we might know that we are covered in the blood of Jesus and that we have nothing to lose because Jesus lost it all on the cross. He went to the cross and gave everything. And He's only asking you to walk across the street. He's only asking you to just be obedient in the little things. God, we want to be obedient to You. Would You activate Your church? Would You activate Your church? Would You activate me in these holy gifts? Hallelujah. You know, I feel like there's hospitality as well that we didn't mention. You know, hospitality. There's so many of you that just love to cook a meal and invite someone around. We were at Millie and Warren's the other night. The hospitality just just undid us. Maybe you want to cook a meal and invite someone around and just, just spoil somebody. Maybe it's gift giving that you love to do. You're just going to buy something for someone. Spoil someone. Write a card to them. Buy some flowers. Cook a cake. God, I thank you. We think that the gifts is always about, you know, mighty miracles. If I can't see that cancer healed, then I'm useless. You know, the gifts of the Spirit are to meet every need, every conceivable need on the earth today is inside of you, inside of each one of us. And as we all do our part, then Jesus is made manifest to the world. Everything we do should be to reveal Jesus, to reveal Jesus. You spoke to me. How did you know that? Oh, Jesus knows you. He healed me. How did I get healed? Oh, Jesus healed you. How did you know I needed that cake? Oh, Jesus told me. He knows you need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now we're just going to call people to the front. Anyone who wants to come, we're going we're gonna to pray and anoint you with oil to activate your gifts. Anyone who wants activation in their gifts, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Now just lift the music. Let's come, 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 come. come. 